Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Good. You're abroad in New York. Whatever. I don't, you know, it's a matter of perspective. I always say that. Whoever starts it can say who is who is the abroad one. Yeah. In this case, it's you. Fair enough. Yeah. Lucky you. Your uh your country's not on fire. No. Um the you 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 don't have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Um that's not necessarily Uh-oh. true. You have to wear it on public transportation, but you don't oh, have really? to wear it. Yeah, yeah, but like not everywhere because there's still cases here. There's some there's some church that like didn't follow the rules <laughs> in Auckland, so they keep having cases because they're just like, yeah, it's a hoax. It's not true. A lot of America, I mean, America's greatest export. Jesus wouldn't allow this to happen. America's greatest export is culture, right? Like, I don't know if Americans know that, but the greatest thing that we export as Americans is our culture. So whether it's music, whether it's television, whether it's films, whatever, right? Like, that's what we make. That's what we're known for is culturally what we give to the world. So when you got people saying that it's a hoax and it's fake news and 5G people pick up on that stuff because it's part of American culture. It becomes part of your culture in very small pockets, obviously. So, wow. But yeah, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. Yep. It sure is. That's why Trump winning again is a big problem because it's, it's culture. It's America's nonstop. There, culture. Don't, why do people, why would they listen to him? Is it just because like whatever, or is it because because he's so ingrained into the, like you said, the churches, right? Is it because that that ideology is so ingrained in like this kind of religious side of things where they you'll get those few that just go along with it and be like, yeah, well, he's saying it's not needed to screw it. Let's just do well, it. Well, there's that. And just because like, right, being a fan of what's going on in America right now is, right, it's, it's contrarian, I would say, to the rest of the world, right? Like the real sort of right-leaning views in the states is contrarian to mostly everywhere else. So a lot of people pick up on things that are contrarian of going, well, they're saying stuff that people don't want them to say, which means it must be the truth. Yeah. And it's a very weird mental hurdle that people do, but they say, well, what, what, what makes him wrong versus you right? And it's like, well, science? Well, yeah, then I don't believe in that. It's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in that. That's got to be fake. You're just doing this to keep us locked inside so we can't make money anymore. It's not hard to trick people into believing really stupid stuff. That's what I've learned over the 20. If someone told me, like, what's what did you learn in 2020? It's that you can really manipulate people. Like, people are dumb. Um, and it's a shame. But people well, in general are pretty stupid. 2020? I mean, you can. Well, again, but like, I you did, now I did send you that note where I said, if if you did want to start a death cult, it's now now's a, now's a pretty good time to do it people now are willing to believe almost anything because you don't know what to believe with the virus right you don't know what it's to believe crazy with, because information is out there more prolifically than ever but i guess that's the problem is because you because freedom of information is out there in a way that it's never existed before so too is any opinion disguised as fact that can validate literally any thought Yes. Yep. There's so much of it 
that you can find, like, if you believe one, like, let's say you believe that 9-11 was faked, right, by the U.S. government. I mean, I hate to do this on 9-11 because I believe it is 9-11 in the States. That's but all right. You're in New Zealand. You didn't know. You're already you're already on the other side. Already passed it. But again, I'm just going to say, like, let's say you're one of those people that believes that 9-11 was an inside job, right? There's enough information on the internet that you can find that's pages and pages of someone's rantings and writings to confirm your belief. It exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flat Earth. There's someone out there that you can like you can find the information. And again, we can read that and go, well, this is stupid. This makes no sense. But there's some people who aren't able to do that. And that I mean, it's not just a U.S. thing as much as everyone loves. point. I mean, the New Zealanders are funny because they like to sort of point their finger at the U.S. But uh, I mean, they're more like the U.S. in Western culture than, let's say, Southeast Asia. Right. So those people exist here, too. There's racist. There's people who believe that Trump is a great president and he's going to make America great again. And we need someone like Trump to make New Zealand great again. Those people exist. They're there. They're here. So I wouldn't be fooled that New Zealand's all sunshine and rainbows. There's a lot of dummies here, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's just less yeah. of them because there's less of us in general. There's there's only 5 million people in this country. So, you know, your pool of dummies is much smaller versus, you know, 360 million, 380 million, however many people are in the States. And then you take I that have, same percentage of dummies, and that's a lot more people. I have one brand of disposable mask that just irritates the hell out of me. Um so I get it. If you put on a mask and you'll look for anything to believe in to not have to wear one, if that's the only one you had, you're like, oh, this is awful. This this is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. But if you get one that's actually comfortable, which most are. Yeah, but look, but you're, you're sheep for, for wearing a mask. You're sheep. Why? Yeah. Do you just blindly believe what they tell you? Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I, I, trust, uh, I trust the liberal cucks. Because what uh, they're telling me isn't going to kill me, right? It might inconvenience me, right? It might cost me a bit more money. But what you're telling me to gamble on might actually kill me, where what they're telling me to gamble on is just, it's a little irritating for a while. So, like, that's a difference. Which is kind of every progressive policy, right? That's all of them. Which is like... We're, yeah, it's like all of them. And that's and that's really where and we're basically at that intersection where no, but people will die because you're at that crossroads where you everything they they suggest. It's like, yeah, we need to get basic. Basically, you need to your, your car has got to go and you got to get a better and you got to get a car with better mileage. Like what? You want me to get rid of my truck? It's like, yeah, you got it. You got to get rid of your truck or get a truck that's got better mileage. It's like, no, no, fuck that. And then somehow that but that's everything in a way to what they propose and then somehow you know abortion somehow gets in there as well i don't know how, <laughs> but but yeah but but if you're on team if you're on that team then that's just what you got to do at that point you know, but that's the Jesus, problem I right guess. is that i don't know it gets weird. And this is this is why so many uneducated people believe that side because right if you don't have a lot of money right like if you're not wealthy and if you're working you know the same old story of you know mom working two jobs with single you know single parent etc right if you have someone that's telling you hey look you might die but what if you don't i'm gonna save you money if you live through this yeah but you might die but i'm gonna save you money regardless and people they're so sort of short-sighted to look at that and go well he's gonna save me money it's like, yeah, but you might die. I don't really care about that. He's going to save me money right now. Where the more liberal policies are, we're going to take a lot of your money so you don't die. And people go, what? You're going to take my money? No, I'd rather die than you take my money. 
That's literally, I mean, that's what all of the policies are. Every single one of them is that. Like more well, it's taxes. The instant, it's all the instant it. gratification, right? Yes. It's the instant gratification versus, well, what do you mean? Who cares what happens in a in 100 years? I'm not going to be here. It's like, what about your children? Your children, children, ah, whatever, they'll figure it out. It's like, that's, that's kind of the difference. And it's like, yeah, it's going to cost a little money and it's going to be an inconvenience. But at the end of the day, it's going to be for a greater good. You might not have a red sky when you wake up in the morning yeah. in, uh, in San Francisco. But it's whatever, like, hey, that, that only affects the liberals anyway. So fuck yeah. it, who cares? You have to pull a little less oil out of the ground, which means instead of making 10 bucks, you make five. But I'm going to make sure that you can make that five bucks until the end of time versus the $10. I'm not really sure if you can keep doing this at the rate that you're doing it. And they go, well, I want to make 10 bucks. No, I, w- I won't I won't give you any more. And again, this is like rich people, like people who can afford to only make five bucks instead of 10. And like, that's the it, messaging that you can, yes. that's easily translatable down yes. low. Like, I'm going to okay. save you money. I'm putting money back in your pocket. Yeah. Do this at the risk of your own life. I'm going to put money in your pocket. What do you care about more? Look, you're probably not going to die. They're trying to scare you. I don't think you're going to die, right? But, hey, I'll give you a little more money. And if you do die, ah, some might die, some might not. I don't know. But here's more money. And the, Koch that, brothers, I mean, the Koch brothers campaigned against a public transportation system in, or like a, a train system in Nashville. And they got it voted down. Like a vote. Because, the same- and the only argument was that your taxes are going to go up. It's like, what? What? It's the same thing. And I mean, the way that LA, the reason why LA is the way that it is, is because Ford Motor Company basically told, you know, hey, look, we'll stop, we'll build this for you, right? We will increase your, your transportation if you don't build public transportation. Give us this contract. We will save you money. It won't go to the taxpayers so we can put more cars on the road. And that's just tends to be the like that's again, this is why, and again, as talking to two guys who are very well off, right? We're doing pretty well for ourselves. Like you do kind of see, like, yeah, you can be selfish for today, but you might die. That's not a good policies. Yeah, <laughs> like, take a bit more money from me. Like, it's fine if you actually do for the betterment of all of us, which I believe in the end will still make me more money. Right? You better like, hope still, your kids yeah. and grandkids are as dumb as you are. So they Yeah, that's uh, the thing. Like it's so, it's pretty So they don't be like, hey, why why did you support this? Huh? Yeah. All right. Got it. And so, they and they'll always go against, yeah, we're gonna we're saving money now, but then they'll always go against um they'll always say, Well, the deficit's so large. It's like, yeah, because you guys don't want to pay for anything. Yes. So just know like that unless that's unless not- unless uh Trump's in office, in which case pay for fucking everything. And again, as much as other people in the world want to point their finger at the US don't don't be fooled that this isn't happening here too this is generational wealth divide of we earned a bunch of money because of you know being very fortunate to be born in the time that we were born and with the policies that are there and now the government wants to take some of this away to make sure that the next generation is okay no no they should do what i did and the answer is well they can't do what you did they can't like literally you've got kids right now who are in 12, 13, 14, who will not be as well off as baby boomers just because if they work harder, like it's just not possible. And so there's a, there's a large, and and again, that's, that's here in New Zealand as well. Um, so yeah, so don't be fooled. There's, there's a lot of, there's, again, it's not as far right wing, obviously like the, like locking down not the country, yet, right? Cause you're, you're not far from the, uh, from every, every country is on a brink of a nationalist, uh, you know, a natural, a natch, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A nationalist, uh, leader like Trump. 
Like yep. you're not, you're not far from it. I think one nope, was actually not. rising up in Germany, which got really creepy, like uh, yeah. maybe a year or two ago. Well, I mean, look uh, at the UK, so. right? Like the whole yep. way, oh, that yeah, Brexit, exactly. Yeah, the whole way that Brexit got through is real. Like if you look at it, you're just like, that's how it happened. Like you know, it was basically like this very small campaign <laughs> of people who kind of didn't really want it to happen, but they campaigned on it happening, and they were shocked when they're like, oh wait. The people actually like is a very small percentage of people who actually voted for Brexit to be yes, right? For them to actually do like I think it was like fifty. Look this up; it's really crazy. It's like fifty point one versus forty nine point nine. Like it was that close, and that's why it took so long because they were like, "Well, we didn't think this was going to pass. We just kind of threw this out there." And so, like, you're not far from enough people getting duped by some of this nonsense. Fifty one point nine to forty eight. Yeah, yeah. So that that it's nuts. It's nuts how small of a margin that is. That's probably like a couple thousand people. It's no, because millions of people voted. It's a it's a difference of one point three million people. Okay, well, like, but still, one point three million of a country that has what over how many people are in the UK? I don't know. UK population. Here we go. Sixty six. Yeah. So fifty percent of people voted. Right, so fifty percent. So out of that thirty million people, that's not it bad. Took, it only took a million of them to swing that. The percentage of people go. that vote in the U.S. is less than that. For the yes, president. it is. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts. So I know, but anyways, people just don't yeah. care. That's what's happening again. But New Zealand is an interesting spot because New Zealand's government is very middle of the road. They want to stay they- in power. So they don't want to upset the young people. So they keep doing things like, oh, well, let's let's increase some taxes for like the people who make a bunch of money. But they don't want to upset the people who own like the, you know, the the boomers who own land and houses and things and say, hey, we're actually going to charge you a capital gains tax. Like the fact that there's no capital gains tax in this country is one of the craziest things ever. So you sell things for profit and you keep all the money like there's no capital gains tax here. That's and awesome. of course, again, it's awesome if you're if you're like born, you know, 30 years ago and you bought a house for fifty thousand dollars. Now that her house is worth four hundred thousand dollars and you sell it and you don't have to pay tax on any of it you get all of that money cool you could spend that money then they tax that money again right you think but that's not how generational wealth really works they tie it up in another property they move it between trust they find they move it overseas because so-and-so lives overseas now right like and again like it's that's why this government's in a real tough spot because they want to upset those people and they don't want to upset the young people who are saying hey we can't you know rent keeps rising the rent is too damn high (laughs) and and we can't buy homes. What do we do? And the government's like, ah, we'll tax these guys and we'll leave these guys alone, though, for now, because we really want to get reelected. So it's not. So, yeah, it's very similar to the again. It doesn't have the nonsense of Trump around it. But don't politicians are politicians in the Western world. They're all kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could. Uh, we'll, we'll, one of my stories is I want to frame it in a similar way so we'll move past this but yeah. what was the what was the coverage over there of or was there any of the um of the fires and the skies because those seeing those pictures from portland and san francisco was wild like did you what was there it's any nuts. reporting that there or were they just like a little what are they reporting. Doing? what's happening i mean look it's very similar australia's to what, got a similar deal too i was about right? to say it's very similar to the australian fires and obviously we got way more coverage of the australian fires because there's a million plus kiwis who live in australia um but yeah like we pretty much get the news of like hey oregon washington california you know pretty much the pacific northwest is kind of on fire right now 
but there's not necessarily like any like and you get pictures of like people doing reporting and it's just pretty much all gray behind them right like it looks like an apocalyptic scene where you look at the pictures of houses and it's just like this it's almost like an instagram filter on the house um because it's like that dark tinted pink reddish you know orangish looking color um so yeah we see images but we don't necessarily get much news about specific locations like i know that it's in sort of one big like it's pretty much the size of delaware is what i heard of like the one big fire in Oregon that they're saying is like zero percent contained. Um, uh, I don't know. I just yeah. keep hearing about in LA, and then it's just yeah. I've picture, heard more about Oregon. Smoke is about yeah. the, you know Oregon being on fire, and then the QAnon stuff of them saying that the fires are fake. <laughs> it's probably true. Just I don't know if you saw that, like just to yeah, distract like, you from the pedophilia or something. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. In cooking news updates, because I know you want it. You want it, right? Yeah, you want it. Are you really asking me? Yeah, I know you want it. So uh, (laughs) I'm not going to. I got to say, I never. Do you know Alton Brown? Do you know who he is? Yes, I do. For the Food Network? Yes, the Food Network dude that. uh, Serious Eats. Serious Eats? Yes. Okay. Might have been. Yeah, dude, that guy. I will never doubt that guy again. If I ever have any questions about cooking or how to do something, I'm just going to go to that guy because thanks to him. I think uh, I think he he gave me the trick to making the perfect cast iron steak. Yes, and I was, I was I about to say that. Like that's when that's pretty much I think when everyone learned about Alton Brown was basically like here's how you make the perfect steak and it worked. <laughs> so. It so it's so easy and it's so fast and there's way less smoke. So in case you're listening, curious, I guess you've done it then. Yes, and this was I mean honestly this was probably what when I was 16. Like this yeah, video is not new. It's old. 20 yeah, years ago. Uh, it's it's old. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's basically you basically throw the cast iron in the oven for like 500 degrees and just let that heat up. And then when you're when you're ready, you basically throw on the burner to get it even hotter. And that's when you like season your steak and you put oil on the steak. Don't oil the pan, oil the meat. And then it's and then it's 30 seconds on one side, 30 seconds on the other. Put the whole thing, including the pan in the oven. Two minutes on one side, flip it. Two minutes on the other, you pull it out, you let it rest for two minutes, and you're done. You got a perfect yep. steak. It's insane. It's good. I didn't realize it was that easy. Now, granted, you need a thicker cut of meat to do something like that. Like you need a, like an inch thick. Yes. Cut like, and I find that unless you're going to places like Wegmans or Whole Foods or like a or a butcher even usually if you go to a supermarket and you're getting like their packaged steaks, they're fine, but they're always like pretty thin and anemic. You know where you get really good steaks from? Where? Costco. Yeah, that's probably true. Never, never got it. Never. uh, I've never had a membership to Costco, so I've only gone like as a, as a party to a member. Right. Mainly. Like, but yeah, <laughs> if you if you want to like what I did in L.A. was I got a food saver. And so I bought Costco size quantities. I went grocery shopping once a month when I lived in L.A. All right. I would buy Costco, then... 500 bucks worth of groceries and I would spend most of my afternoon food savoring it, vacuum sealing it. And then I didn't have to go grocery shopping. I just pull it out of the pull out of the freezer and let it thaw out. And yeah, steaks and everything else. So. It's a beautiful thing. Well, but look at you. You're expanding outside of, uh, I mean, I guess this lockdown, what you're going to learn out of this is that you can actually cook. 
Well, I knew I could cook before, but now I'm actually, you know, cooking more and uh, expanding my horizons. Um, I, I still, I don't know why I suck at baking so much, but, um, and I, I don't know what's going on there because otherwise it's just like following directions. Like I can follow directions and then you just kind of figure it out after that point, you know? That's so, all cooking is really. Like, that's sure, what I'm saying. That's why you can't break I don't know why. Stuff. Yeah. I don't know why I struggle with baking. Maybe it's just, maybe I think it might be just a terminology thing, hmm. but where I'm just not understanding what they're talking about. Like soft and butter. Who knows what that means? Well, like so anyway. dealing, with, <laughs> dealing with dough and stuff that you need to sort of yeah, know texture-wise by your hand, is, it just takes time. And again, I can't do it. Like how do you make a pie crust, right? Like a pie crust in theory is like two or, two or three ingredients. But you got to sort of do it a lot of times to try and get it right. So it's not something like, again, searing a steak. You can, for the most part, follow directions and make a really good steak. But when it's like, hey, you need to make a crust, so you get the flour and the water, and you need to roll it, and you know it's got to be soft, but not too soft, and all those types of like that's a total Your hands are going to be a dis- are going to be a mess, yeah, of stickiness, and, uh, yeah. Well, speaking of pie crust, tomorrow's pancakes. I'm looking forward to reporting back on this one. Key lime pancakes. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. You're not 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 interested, or you're intrigued. Maybe that's a hmm of, of being intrigued. Intrigued is okay. But yeah, I don't know if I'd order that off a menu. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'll let you know how it turns out. It's basically, it's probably exactly what you think it is. All right. Well, let's move to some news here. Um, This is one of the rare occasions that you sent me an article, which is interesting, but it's a good one. So we'll talk about that. And uh, so there's three, three choices. So we got, um, so we got some seeds, we got the moon, and then uh, we got Netflix but I'll I'll just straight up tell you that that story is about cancel culture. <laughs> so. Let's do that last. Okay. Let's do let's what whatever the middle one you said was was it the moon? Am I right in that? Moon, yeah, the moon. Yes. Okay. So the moon seeds and then Netflix cancel culture. Okay. Cool. Yeah, the cancel culture thing. It's not. It's like it's bananas. All right. Reading from SmithsonianMag.com. That's right, Smithsonian Magazine. Why is the moon covered in rust? Even scientists are stumped by this metal mystery. Without ox- oxygen and water, how is the substance? And then I guess it just cuts off. So that's a weird, uh, that's just some bad formatting there. Okay. Puzzled astronomers, the moon, puzzling astronomers, the moon appears to have rusty patches on its surface, despite lacking two essential rust inducing in- ingredients, water and oxygen. According to a new paper published in the journal Science Advances, scientists from the University of Hawaii at Manoa made the made the discovery after reviewing data collected from oh Jesus Christ Shen Chandrayaan 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 one's moon mineral mineral oh, geez why did I choose this story <laughs> moon story. mineral yeah. mineralogy mapper instrument also known as M3. Thanks. We're going to use that for now on an instrument built by NASA's jet propulsion laboratory at California state university that was on board during a in an Indian. This is a terribly written article, Indian space research organization's mission university of Hawaii's geologist, Shu Lee, Shua Lee, Shua Lee. <laughs> this is a rough one. The paper's lead author. <laughs> you read this before you picked it. Well, here's the thing. I actually read the article on IGN and then I'm like, I need a, get a better source than IGN. And then I just found this one. And I'm like, well, Smithsonian, they, they seem to be legit. And it turns out I'm never going to read an article from them again. Anyway, Shui Lee, the paper's lead author says he had, 
He had been studying imagery cap- captured during the mission and noticed spectra or light being reflected off the moon's surface present at the lunar poles, revealing that these are areas compromised. These areas are comp- comprised of compositions that are different from other expanses of the moon. In a news release published by the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, the term homed, quote, homed in on these polar spectra, end quote. While it's not uncommon for the moon to be covered in iron-rich rocks, that what surprises them was the most was how closely the material resembled the mineral hematite. Hematite, which is a form of iron oxide, a reddish-brown substance we know as rust, occurs when iron becomes exposed to oxygen and water, which prompts the original question. Without ample supplies of water and oxygen, how did it get there? Quote, it's very puzzling, end quote. Lee said in a statement to NASA, quote, the moon is a terrible environment for hematite to form in, end quote. The team's research is part of a large study that began in 2018, resulting in discovery of water ice on the moon's polar regions, according to a University of Hawaii press release. To confirm the hematite was in fact something, something, something. Look, the point is, what I wanted to get to, which this doesn't even cover, so that's not good, is that the, the point of this one was that the headline from the IGN article was that the moon is rusting and Earth may be the culprit. So I don't really know where exactly it says that here. After closely examining the data, Lee discovered the mineral hematite on the moon's poles when it began more abundant on the near side of Earth and the far side. Scientists believe the explanation of rust present on the moon has to do with the Earth's upper atmosphere. The study explains that the moon has, quote, trace levels of oxygen, end quote, due to the Earth's magnetic field dubbed the mag- magnetotal, okay, tail, which carries streams of Earth's magnetic field as it flows through the solar system and can split right in the and can spit split right into the moon itself, dropping off oxygen from the planet's upper atmosphere. This point really just brought me to ask the question, wanted to ask me this, is there anything in the universe that we have the potential to not fuck with? as a planet. Hmm. I mean, the sun, I don't think we can really change the sun at all. I think the sun can complete, like we can sort of destroy the planet enough where we're affected by the sun or the sun blows up, but I don't think that's because of us. No, we won't cause it to blow up, but fair enough. But the way, like we send stuff out into space. But that's the, yeah, like all the time. we could probably mess up a lot of stuff. Like we're messing up the moon, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's uh, why, like I read that and that might not actually be the cause of it. But if it is, it's like, oh, cool. All right. So now we're expanded beyond this and we're going to actually mess up the moon. Like, could you imagine? I mean, look, for as cool as Elon Musk's Earthlink thing is or whatever that thing is across the sky, right? The Skylink, Skynet, yeah. whatever he's doing. I mean, that's a lot of junk he just launched into space and no one's like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's cool. Sure. If I live in the middle of nowhere, I'll be able to get internet from the guy that makes the Tesla cars. But like, what? Like, why is there this giant string of 30 lights that sort of come across my sky? Because he just decided I'm just going to throw stuff up in space and see what happens. Like, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. And there. Yeah. I I don't know what implications this has on the universe and it's so vast and endless that you know maybe it doesn't really matter if you launch like a little thing that's that's tiny microscopic in the grand scheme of things so it's doesn't even matter 
But when you see this, you're like, oh, okay. Like imagine a scenario where in a million years, assuming we haven't killed killed ourselves and humans do still exist, that the earth the the moon is actually like brown because of rust, because of what we've done. Yeah. I mean it's a real possibility. I mean it's it's creepy, but it's also kind of a cool thing to consider. The same yeah, time, the you know? moon used to be, you know, gray rock and now it's this reddish ball. I mean, yeah. th- that's that's going to make the night sky really odd, though. Oh, yeah, it's going to be terrifying. It would look really weird. But to those people a million years from now, I mean, as far back as our history goes, our written history doesn't go back a million years. We you have think no we'll idea. be here a million years from now? I don't. You or me? No. But no, a, no, no, uh, <laughs> not us specifically. Humans? But humans. Do you think we'll make it that long? A version of humans, yes. I don't think they'll look like you or me at that point. What, what do Probably they look like? like? Um, well, I think it's a similar evolution to what... Bigger heads? Saw. <laughs> well, they'll be dumber. So they might be smaller heads at, at that point. Who knows? Um, they could be bigger heads. Could be bigger eyes. Could be smaller eyes. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what it looks like. I think... it like the idea of evolution takes place over such a long period of time, such as a million years where you look at what humans looked like a million years ago with those bones, like the way they walked that I don't, I don't think evolution just stops, you know? So there has to be another, another uh, version of us that we're moving towards or will move towards like let's assume global warming plays out in the catastrophic scenario that it looks like it's going to right like what do we look like at that point you're not killing everybody you're gonna kill do you do six plus billion people die or do six billion people die and then you're left with like what 500 million people around the world and then they survive in a completely different way because then if it happened tomorrow right bam Six million, six billion people dead, right? And you got 500 million left. Well, all of these things that we use and rely on kind of go out the window and the entire way that you live completely changes. Yes, absolutely. The the use of the Internet, the use of like work all of a sudden becomes highly questionable when it just think about survival at that point. Well, there's only 500 million of you. Like, what are you buying stuff? Like, what's your currency? Like, all of that stuff just collapses. So, you pretty much go back to square one, where it's, you know, your little community. First thing to go. So, like, if you were to talk, what does the average person look like today? You're not drawing those, like, pyramid torsoed people from the the hieroglyphics in, uh, in Egypt. You're drawing, you know, I'd be drawing somebody who's a little more stocky than that. Be like, that's an average person. So they're done. They're toast. They wouldn't survive in that world. I wouldn't Maybe. survive in that world. Again, I don't know because evolution rise, right? We're already taller. We're bigger, faster, stronger. Speak for yourself. Than we were, Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Then we again, I'm saying us as we as in humans, right? Look at look at the size of LeBron James versus a basketball player in the 70s, right? It's night and day. Like it's just he's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger than anyone who was playing in the 1970s. He just is. And so we already see evolution just between our the human body. And I mean, I would say that evolutionary, the way that we interact with things and the intelligence of young people is going to be much different from our intelligence because you're growing up with much different information, right? You're growing up with instant access to information. The way that you learn is different. 
especially now post-COVID. Like, it's just going to be different. So, yeah, who knows what that evolution could look like. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think we'll be here. I think we'll find a way to blow all this stuff up or the planet will die um, because there's some who say that you can't. There's really not, you know, you can reverse some things, but some things are just inevitable. It's gone past the point of no return. Yeah, that that's what's the interesting part about going out into space is people are like, well, what about our planet? What are our planet? It's like, yeah, the planet that's we we need it especially now the immediate future we need to take care of it because it's only a matter of time but you know you mentioned the sun exploding that will happen yes eventually so then what do you do (laughs) is that is that the end then or at that point have we basically become this race where okay we can we can go like we actually know we'll be at a point where we can actually calculate like i assume scientists will be able to calculate when that'll happen and then you would assume in the next step is, OK, well, how do we leave? And then you'll have a group of politicians who will be like, well, we what are you talking about? Why? Why should we worry about leaving? We why would we spend money in this thing when we're going to be here for when that's not going to happen for another thousand years? It's like because when a thousand years come, that, that thing's going to explode and you're going to die and your, your great, 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 great grandkids are died. Yeah. But what about mine? Then it goes back to what we were talking about before. Yeah. But. But yeah, that is that is kind of the end, and it, it gets very morbid very quickly. But you know, I don't know that this one. Well, of the, maybe one of in the, the short term, mysteries. somebody will. Uh, maybe someone will actually come up with a solution to get off, get us off this planet, or to not kill the planet we're on. So, I mean, it doesn't look very good when the moon's changing colors. <laughs> That's a bad start. No, no. I mean, it's just a little bit of rust, right? What's a little rust on the well, moon sure, now? Right? You can you can fix that, <laughs> but. But you mark this now. Yeah, you just buff it out. You know, I was able to buff out the rust from my uh, from my cast iron when I first started using it. And that was yeah. fine. Right. You just get up there with some Brillo and then yeah, apply you a few coats it. of oil. Yeah, yeah, you just season that. Do a few rounds of the season. You season and burn, season and burn. Simple, simple. We got we got solutions. Just get up there with some of that uh, flaxseed oil. Take care of it real quick. Maybe give me a give me a chain mail scrubber. All right, let's move on. All right, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, this, I have to find the article again because <laughs> I sent it to you a while ago. It's long. Uh, it's it a long, long article. But um, I, I, I think, I, I I think I'm quick, finally. Though. I think I might finally become uh, this. This that last reading. I I was concerned. I was concerned <laughs> myself. I uh, it was rough. I mean, you picked an article that you that you one didn't read before, and two had a lot of big words. The IGN one. The IGN was really quick. Yeah. I mean, who cares about the validity of your source, right? Like, just read the article that's got the most interesting point. Anyways, this is an article from Vice. Hundreds of Americans planted Chinese mystery seeds. And this dude says, in the right before the byline, it says, what I learned by reading thousands of internal emails about Chinese mystery seeds. So here we go. It's a long one, but strap in. In late July, America was briefly enthralled with unsolicited seeds from China, which started showing up in mailboxes in all 50 states. These mystery seeds prompted warnings from the USDA, which said people should not plant them and should instead alert their state agricultural authority and mail them to the USDA or their local officials. Many Americans heeded this advice. Many more decided, decidedly did not. According to documents obtained by Motherboard, which is owned by Vice, from state departments and agriculture, at least hundreds, perhaps thousands of Americans planted the seeds. Since the seed story originally broke, I have been obsessed with learning more. 
To do this, I filled 52 freedom of information requests, one with each of the departments of agriculture or their state-level equivalent in all 50 states plus Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico. I also filled filed requests with the USDA and several of its labs. Thousands of pages of emails, spreadsheets, reports, documents, as well as audio voicemail recordings have been trickling in for the last month, and they have been enlightening in many ways. So... I want to go through and read some of these. Um, I'm just, you know, this is to speed this up a bit. So this is one of the notes that he had before, right? So he's got, so basically the scale of operation for these mystery seeds was much larger and they, they ended up in all these different places. Um, and lots of people in states like North Carolina, New Mexico have contacted their state department. So here we go. About a month ago, I did receive seeds from China. I guess China because it looks like Chinese writing. I thought, oh, cool, maybe Burgess Seeds or one of the seed companies sent me some seeds. And um, like a dumbass, I planted them, not knowing there was a problem. A woman in New Mexico said in a voicemail left with the State Department of Agriculture in late July. And now I've been battling this for a couple of weeks. Now where I planted them, and I remember where I planted them, everything that's in the garden where I planted them are having a hard time and starting to die. I really don't know what to do at this point. So could somebody call me back and give me a little bit more direction about this? I know I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Calls like this were not unusual. Some people ate the seeds, according to the documents. Some people called 911. Emergency meetings and calls were held. The USDA's Smuggling Interdiction and Trade Compliance Group, SITC, Customs and Border Protection, and the FBI began investigating. Yes, David Stebbings, an officer with the SITC, emailed when alerted by authorities in New Hampshire about the seeds. It started to explode. So that's basically the story of a bunch of different people, you know, calling call centers for agriculture departments about these mystery seeds that they received. So some people are planting them and have planted them. Um, You know, the one person that places in Michigan had to actually try to, you know, to take these calls, they couldn't keep up with the calls. So for in Michigan, 677 people filed an official complaint with the state about the receipt of unsolicited seeds. 30, 30 people reported planting them. So I planted them in my hydroponic system in my home. I thought they were strawberry seeds I ordered from Amazon. They turned black and green mold, so I threw them away, one person wrote. If I had known these seeds were going to originate from China, I would not have purchased them from Amazon. I am still waiting for at least four other, four other orders of seeds. We'll burn them if they come. <laughs> So this goes on about different people receiving these seeds um, and where these seeds come from and trying to figure out where these seeds are from, whether they're from people who have ordered seeds. Because, again, there's a big agricultural push going on now, obviously, because of COVID for people to grow their own food and become self-sufficient. I so, started yeah. growing lavender. Yeah. Got two, got two lavender plants. Nice. Haven't killed them yet, but it's been less than a week. So yeah, like I've grown basil, I've grown cilantro or coriander. Like I've been growing. Like I think everyone's sort of gone down this thing of like, yeah, maybe I'll grow some small stuff. I'm growing Um, lavender so I can make lavender syrup for matcha lavender lattes. So go on. Yeah. So so do you want me to keep reading some of this? Was very interesting. Or do you want to remark at this point? I, I. I mean. I can keep reading. It's fine. Where, where, where do you start, right? Like, where do you start? <laughs> because what what if there's some like major insights that come later on? Great, but at this point, so some people ordered them, right? Well, some, oh, some people, people ordered, ordered seeds, ordered seeds, ordered yeah. seeds, and then inst- and they got this thing with like labeled Chinese that with had some Chinese labels on it, right? Yes, and they were like, I guess these are what I ordered. You get a pass. 
those people get a pass. Why do they get a pass? Because shit's made in China all the time. Things come from weird sources. I don't know. I, I would assume there's like florists in Chinatown. If I bought stuff there, it would have Chinese writing on it. If they're on Amazon selling seeds and I happen to get a seed, I'll believe it. I'll plant it. You get a pass. If you did not order anything and you get Chinese Chinese text labeled seeds sent to your sent to your house, what in the fuck would compel you to plant those things? It's not even planting them. What would compel you to eat them? Yeah, I I don't know. That, that's another level. I new fancy snack. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, but who knows what the label said, right? Did they even use Google Translate to find out? Probably not, no. Um, I would do that first. Everybody's got a phone. Look, if you have, pro tip, if you have a phone, you got to get Google Translate. It's got a camera function. You can point it at any language. It'll tell you what it means. Poorly, but a better, you'll, you'll know more than you would by just looking at the plain Chinese text. So if you want to know what the seeds actually are, so I'll quickly read through this last paragraph. There's a couple of paragraphs that I'll read through here to hopefully give a bit of clarity on what's happened, right? So CBP says that it intercepts 15,000 seeds from all sources worldwide in a year, according to the information sheet I obtained from New Hampshire. It is obvious from the number of complaints filed to just a handful of states that this campaign targeted far more than 15,000 people. The number who even bothered to fill out an online form or call the authority seems to be significantly higher than that. Some of my freedom of information requests have been rejected by states who cite an active law enforcement investigation. We know that the FBI, CBP, and USDA are all still investigating. We also know, based on analysis from a Utah plant lab that was included in some of the documents, that many of the seeds have been identified and do not seem harmful. Our seed lab has identified the following. Rose, amaranth, two mints, false horse balm, self-heal, lespedenza, or sweet potato. Our APHIS PPQ plant health doctor director wants us to destroy the seeds by sterilization or incineration, the person who analyzed them wrote. A similar analysis in New Mexico found that some of the seeds were noxious weeds that exist in in huge numbers in the United States, but which people are banned from planting in many states. So this includes oxy, daisy, and hedge bindweed. Uh, New Mexico also identified onion, cucumber, tomato, radish, peppergrass, alfalfa, corn, lettuce, hollyhock, and spearmint seeds. The USDA also gave states an official guide to destroying the seeds, which included baking them in an oven, suffocating them between two Ziploc trash bags, or soaking them in bleach. If the seeds were planted, the USDA is currently advising people to not plant anything in that area for at least one year and to destroy any plants that happen to grow there naturally. Another official in course disposal method in encasing sorry another official endorsed disposal method is encasing the seeds entirely in duct tape so one thing is clear to me from reading these documents american people do not seem particularly well prepared for scams of this nature the emails between the public officials and scientists who are dealing with the difficult situation seem efficient professional and appropriately cautious but communication from the general public is concerning people planted seeds even when they were expressly told not to Hundred people, hundreds of people had no idea whether they had ever ordered seeds or how to check. Some people called 911. Others ate the seeds. Others ordered something specific, got what they ordered from who they ordered it from, and then still panicked. Others were furious that they had to pay for it. That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I they got, got the what they ordered. ordered. 
Oh my god! Ooh, they ordered it, and they still panicked. Yeah. So this is very interesting because one, the just the idea that someone has obviously mass sent seeds. There's probably a database somewhere. I mean, look, there's a good chance that if people have ordered seeds before or they don't remember, right? Your name is probably is possibly in a database. It sounds like a social experiment. It does. I mean, like, every like COVID sounds like a social experiment. Like all of this stuff seems like how do we react when something like this happens? Do we follow authority? Do we not follow authority? What do we do? And it seems like it's all over the place, specifically in America, about what people do if someone mass bombed a bunch of seeds and who right, who knows? Let's just say worst case, it's some seed that killed everything in your garden, right? Like you plant the seed and it just nukes your entire nukes your lawn, everything. And people would still either eat these seeds or plant them or call 911. Like, you're calling 911 emergency services to go, hey, I got some seeds in the mail. I didn't order them. Like, what are you supposed to do if you're a 911 operator? You get that call. Well, that depends. Who called? Are they are they a black man? In which case, you go over there and you shoot that guy. <laughs> yeah. Or if it's an old, if it's old white lady, you, uh, you know, you I guess pleasant, you, you know, pleasant knock on the door and you say, I guess so. Ma'am. Like, say, ma'am, ma'am where house. where are the seeds now? Have they hurt you? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll they're, they're in my garden. I I planted one and I put another in my iced tea. Well, that's yeah. well, why, why would you do that? <laughs> well, they look tasty. Yeah, they had, they had a nice they had a nice smell. So yeah, I don't know like who's sending these seeds. I think that's an interest. Like, where are these seeds? Is this just like a mistake? That someone just said, we got a bunch of seeds, we got to get rid of these things. Just use this giant database with addresses and just start bombing them seeds. Like, screw it, we got to get these seeds out of here. I I don't know. (laughs) I think it just goes to show that people can't follow, they can't do what they're told. Like, people really struggle with instructions of, like, if you receive these seeds, thank you for letting us know, please do this. And people go, oh, well, I already did this with them. And it's like, like, why would you do that if you don't know what came from Never underestimate underestimate the bad ideas that people will creatively think of. <laughs> like, I guess so. Yeah, the, I send you random shit in the mail. You think you're first? If someone sent me random shit and it wasn't mine, I'd be like, "Let me ask you this: What do you get if you get a letter sent to you that's not yours?" Just, I put it back in the mailbox. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I think they're supposed to like they're supposed to pick that up, I believe. Now again, in New Zealand, I haven't gotten much mail that's not for me. Um, but yeah, normally you can put it back in the mailbox and basically write return to sender on it. That's what I when I lived in New York, I used to do that all the time. They had sort of like an ongoing, like outgoing mail thing that I would just write return to sender on it um and be done. Now what if you yeah, so like for me, I'm in an apartment building, so I'll get some letters that might not be mine. So I'll just put it on top of the. There's like a shelf on top of all the mailboxes, so I'll just put it up there. That's not mine, so I don't I don't need it. But now, if I if I get sent something from Amazon, right, and I didn't, and it's not mine, I'd tell me like, yeah, especially if it was like some seeds or something like that. I'd be I'd be like, hey guys, uh, what is this? Why I didn't order this. Like I'd, I'd call the sender. And if I didn't know who the sender was, and I know for sure I didn't order it, I would throw it away. <laughs> like, that, you wouldn't plant it in like your the, garden. You wouldn't, wouldn't give it life. It, I wouldn't eat it. I wouldn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> it's like it. all those seem like horrendous ideas for a mystery substance, right? 
God. Yeah, like, you know, there could be a complete bio a restaurant with these people. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, it could be a complete, like, New Zealand has very strict bio. I mean, as you know, right? You took a bunch of shells off the beach somewhere, and they searched through your bag like you had a bomb in it. So, like, that's, again, like, it's just, it seems like in the States, they don't, like, we just kind of plant whatever. Like, hey, we got some new seeds. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Let's see what pops out of the ground. But if you even if you're going to do that, like, put it in a pot. I guess. Or, like, close it off from, like, or, not just sprinkling it in your garden. If you're a gardener, wouldn't you have, if you're a gardener of any skill, wouldn't you know that certain seeds would interact with other adjacent seeds like you could completely mess up the ecosystem yes yeah yeah like there's, there's companion i'm not plants. even a gardener yeah. i'm growing two i don't even know what they two lavender plants yeah. all right and i and i think i might have killed one already i don't think i did every <laughs> i say i look over i'm like is it wilting is it wilting i was told to water it once a week i don't trust it because if i see them wilting a little bit i give them a little water and next you know they perk right back up I'm like i think i'm okay at this I think I could have a dog now. So that's, but the, and that's just me with two plants. And I can, I can tell you, yeah, I wouldn't plant two things next to each other that, that aren't meant to belong, let alone a mystery seed. That's crazy, man. People are fucking morons. I, I just can't get over how stupid some people are. Like maybe this is a social experiment. And these are the people that when to preemptively know that if we do have to go to like a mass voting system, like we have to send everybody a ballot, they know who not to send the ballots to. Don't send them to the people that planted the seeds or ate the seeds. I mean, how bad is the education system in the Western world for something like this to work? What? They like just they, in general, like 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 not educating people on like basic things like seeds and plants and like basic thing that like you interact with basically every day. You drive by this stuff. You should know generally how ecosystems and things again, like you said, right? You don't know you don't really know anything about this stuff, but you have a general idea of education wise of like, hey, I probably shouldn't just plant random things into the ground. I don't know what they are. But yeah, it's just it's very amazing to me that it's like, yeah, I think if you want to know what the fall of Rome looks like in the modern world, it's something like this. <laughs> it's ignoring the advice from science and medical doctors when it comes to pandemics or agricultural needs. Like the two things that you need of like to be able to breathe the air and eat. And we seem to not be able to do either of those things without possibly messing it up. Yeah, it just compounds. <laughs> it compounds everything we were talking about before. It's like the people who are anti-science, the people who are just ignorant and the people who are just really creatively stupid. Yeah. I think do, do not underestimate the the creatively dumb in this world because you will always be surprised. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing else to say on this. That's just <laughs> that's completely, it. Well, yeah, if you get mystery seeds, plant. don't plant them. Yeah. All right, cool. So I I want to talk about this Netflix thing, especially since you don't know about it. I found a, what looks to be a pretty good breakdown from The Verge. Um, and depending on how long we go with this, you know what? I'll just, I'll just kick the can on, uh, on reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish, and we'll just merge this into that because QAnon does come up at some point here. (laughs) (laughs) It gets weird. (laughs) It gets really weird. Um, so we'll, we'll just go right into it. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the Trump, uh, Nobel prize nomination. Yes, sure. But that's not going away. And again, yep. we'll see. We'll see how we feel at the end of this. And every week, there's a new week with Trump. I mean, there's a new book every week. So we can always I talk know, about but, Trump. There's always but stuff I, to talk I, about. But I have a unique take, I think, on the 
my stance on the well, whatever. We'll we'll just let's move into this. Let's talk about this. Okay. So you said you didn't know about people trying to cancel Netflix or Cuties. No or idea. Buckle up. I buckled up for the last one. Now you get to buckle up for this one. Do you want the links so you can read along? Uh sure. All right, cool. <clears throat> Correct my um newly discovered uh dyslexia. Yep. So that cool. we'll see uh, if that carries on here. I think this is talking about a bunch of white people. There's some French names, but I work with those people. Why cancel Netflix is trending. How this is again, reading from the verge. Um, so I'm just going to skip the headline and we'll just go right in. Groups of conservative provocateurs, QAnon supporters, and others on social media have jumped on the release of the French coming-of-age film Cuties and a trending canceled Netflix hashtag to associate the company with pedophilia. This isn't the first time that people have tried to cancel Netflix. Republicans tried it in 2018 following Netflix's confirmation that it had signed a multi-year deal with Barack and Michelle Obama to produce a series of titles. Earlier this year, people threatened to cancel Netflix over 365 Days, a movie that petitioners argued glorified sexual violence against women. And at the same time that people are calling for others to cancel Netflix over cuties, there's a petition from fans of shows like Jessica Jones, The OA, and Anne from an E hosting a canceled Netflix campaign to try to bring attention to their favorite series that have been canceled. I don't know what any of those except for Jessica Jones are. Anyway, I guess I've heard of The OA. And it's, and it's Annie, and it's Anne or Annie with it with an E, so it's Annie like a, that's 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 the play on. It's probably Anne with an E. Okay, got it. But while some of those cancel campaigns are pretty direct, Republicans don't like Obama's. Jessica Jones fans just wanted more Jessica Jones. Then Cutie's situation gets very complicated very quickly. It moves from be, from people being upset about the way young girls were positioned on a poster in a marketing campaign to QAnon supporters using this as proof that their dangerous conspiracy theories are real. All right, let's back up because let me give a context to what I how I discovered all this. I was browsing the Twitter sphere as I sometimes do yesterday and I saw cancel Netflix in the trending and I was in the trending thing and I was looking at the links and I was like, oh, oh, this is weird. This is a this is an interesting movie and I guess that's what it's going to get into right now. So directed by here we go. How would you pronounce that? Maimuna? Maimuna. Maimuna. Yes. Maimuna Dokure. Dokure? Correct. I guess. Cute, yeah, it's French. Cuties is a French movie that critiques society's sexualization of girls. The movie follows an 11-year-old Senegalese girl living in Paris who dreams of joining a local dance clique. She decides to protest her parents' strict household and join the other girls in dancing their way through competition, trying to make names for themselves. So I so I saw that. I saw the description. I was like, okay, interesting. And then I and then I saw like a video of it, like a trailer, like what Netflix was doing. And everybody was kind of shitting on Netflix for the way they were positioning the movie. Cause yeah, it was very like, it was uncomfortable to watch. Like, I'm not going to lie straight up. I'll look at this thing. I'm like, this is really weird. (laughs) You know, it is a bunch of little girls dancing like very provocatively and the, and the camera angles and everything that they were putting in this cut. I was like, Ooh, yeah, this is bizarre. Compounded by the title, also not not a great look. So I was like, oh, man, okay, maybe these canceled Netflix people have uh, have a point. And then today, well, we'll get into it. So Cuties uses uses, quote, uncomfortable images to pro to provoke a serious conversation about the sexualization of girls, especially regarding girls of color, the policing of a girl's sexuality, double standards, 
the effect of social media on kids and how children learn these behaviors. And quote, one critic wrote on Roger Ebert. Now, hold on for a second real quick. Did you realize that like Roger Ebert just still lives on as far as like now this site or I guess this company is just called Roger Ebert. So you're like, where do you work? I work at Roger Ebert. How weird is that to you? Yeah, it's super I remember bizarre. I remember Siskel and Ebert being alive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah. weird that now you see Roger Ebert and I was like, I thought he was dead. And he is dead. There's just yeah, now the conglomerate yeah. that's called Roger Ebert. So it's it's odd. But still has, still has that brand presence. I guess so. Yeah. Well, it's like Disney, right? Disney is named after Walt Disney. Sure. So the company, but I guess when you're using both names. Well, it's like his full brand. name. It's not just like the Ebert company, right? Yeah, it's, if it was Ebert, that would be better. Like, yeah, yeah. just call it Ebert. Make your life easy. So Dokore's intent is to show, quote, that our children have sh- should have the time to be children, and quote, she told Time Magazine this month. Didn't even realize I was a woman. In using imagery about exploited youth, Dokore wants to hit home just how important innocence is and how much it's taken for granted today. So now hold on for one second. Yeah. This is the woman who directed this. Does that change your opinion of this at all? My opinion? Uh, well, again, like I'm uncomfortable it made you, right? Like, I'm sure, I mean, I'm just looking at the bit. poster. I'm looking at this first image, right? And it's like very, very young girls, like, you know, prepubescent girls, but yeah. they're shopping. They've got shorts on and short tops. And, you know, they're doing basically poses that you would see from, you know, um, save the last dance, bring it on all those types of shows that are like, you know, college age kids, right? Like, sure. They're dressed, you know, they've got their stomach showing, they've got super short shorts on, and they're in these poses that you would expect to see people in their twenties in. Yes. But does that change at all? If it was a dude doing this versus a woman? Yeah. To an extent, if it was a dude, I'd be like, Ooh, you get like immediate creep vibes. Um, as, as a woman, and I don't look at it as, a woman can't produce something that's that's controversial that's not cool no i'm actually thinking of the process and i'm thinking of the director a man directing a bunch of these little girls as um you know to be these provocative posing and all these other things whereas a woman can talk to them in a way that is actually relating to being that age as a woman it's just yeah it it definitely makes a little right like you'd you'd think so yeah, but you'd think still, so. that doesn't mean that women can't be monsters. So no, at this point in the discovery process, I'm not completely absolving anybody of any sense okay. at this point. No, again, I'm, I'm just asking because I didn't realize that was a woman's name either until you said it. And I was like, I wonder, and I just, I'm just like, does that change anything for me? And I think it changed something for me, but it, should it? Slightly. Like, is that fair? I mean, this is very. To the, this is a lot to the stereotype that you hear from men who take their children out. Right? You have young kids, and you know people judge you by being like, "Oh, where's your mom?" Or "Oh, right." So I can, I can see how if you're a man and you have a daughter who you care about her well being just as much as her mother does, why you might be offended by the fact that you couldn't do something like this with the with the care and respect that it kind of deserves, but I'm, I'm with you. So sorry, I don't want to derail it. Just continue. No, but it's I, all good. That I was, think that uh, was very interesting that I didn't realize this was a woman either. I kind of immediately thought like, well, of course some creepy dudes making this, but that's not true. Yeah. As a, I, I just think women can be monsters just as men. Yep. No doubt. And very possible that she could have been. Yep. So, but like I said, if you think about the process itself, there's something, Somewhat more like there is a bit of an exhale for whatever reason for whether there should or shouldn't be. If fair or not, 
I agree with you. Yeah, fair. But again, fair or not, that's just kind of the way I think it is. Exactly. It's like immediately, but you're you're kind of on a roller coaster at this point. You're like, where are we going to get off? So, you know, you're over the first hump. You're like, okay, good. It's not a (laughs) two. All right, all right. So we're we're cross. We've crossed one bridge here. You know, we don't have to worry about another Harvey Weinstein situation or the uh, or that creepy gynecologist guy. um, That so we're we're good. well, right now, we'll we'll keep going. The film even won the world. So this is interesting. The world, and I did read this yesterday too, where I was like, "Huh, it's fascinating." So the film even won the World Cinema Dramatic Directing Award at Sundance Film Festival this year, and it was widely praised for its depiction of the pressures of girlhood. Netflix secured the global streaming rights to the film, with Variety noting at the time that Cuties would be translated into more than forty languages. Under the Netflix umbrella, the film would stream in 190 different territories that Netflix operates in, excluding France, where it had domestic distribution. Attack on the movies began pe- began before people had even seen the film. Criticisms lobbied against Cuties and and Docore came from people who saw a poster and assumed the film was one thing. And as the backlash grew, it became apparent that criticism was disingenuous based on preconceived notions of what the movie was without having sat down to watch it which is why Netflix only made it worse. So look, I mean I I can totally see that, but again this is some of the this is some of the problem. And again, I would say this is the problem with cancel culture is that people act on how they feel yep. more than actual information. So you look at an image and a poster and it makes you feel uncomfortable, right? You look at this and you go, "Oh, that's that's a little inappropriate. That's odd." And instead of being able to 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 have that feeling and understand where that feeling comes from. And then if you're really offended by it for you to do more research about what this content is, or for you to sort of move on by going like, well, that's just not for me. That makes me a little uncomfortable. I don't think I want to watch that. People instead immediately pick up to where they can voice their opinion. Instead of actually properly processing what they're looking at, it's immediate emotion response. And that's a bit of the problem so far that I'm just that I've that from what you read of like, well, that's a shame because maybe this is a super powerful film, right? If it's winning awards at Sundance, yeah. right? And Sundance is one of those things where you don't have movie posters, right? You just kind of say, hey, there's a showing for this movie called Cuties about womanhood. Let's play it. And so you don't have all these preconceived notions based on an image or a poster. Mignon, mignonne, or mignon. I, yeah, I so like, it's just it's it's interesting how like how you know this wasn't a problem, right? People have seen this film. This film obviously is very popular and it's very good. Apparently, if it's winning awards, again, sure yep. you can be well, who says whatever. It's good enough that someone likes it to give it an award. Yeah, and then it's basically there's a poster that came out that made people feel super uncomfortable, and instead of actually really looking into it, they just immediately went to Twitter or Instagram or whatever and said this is inappropriate. Netflix, shame on you. Hashtag cancel Netflix. It it gets worse, okay. but we'll, we'll so Netflix's gaff. I can oh. you can imagine the cue cards. Despite the film, and this is this is where I see the biggest problem. And but you know you'll also see some opportunists down the road, as I've alluded to previously. Despite the film existing for some time, it wasn't until August that people really became aware of it. In August, Netflix tweeted tweeted a teaser for the movie release date that came with the new poster designed by Netflix's team. The new poster seemed to present a different type of movie than the one Docoré made. The original French poster framed the main cast of girls as that young girls walking through the streets of Paris, waving around shopping bags and having fun. Netflix's now deleted poster positioned the girls as older characters, similar to pose posters for other dance movies like step up. 
here's a side by side comparison. You can see the two different. So one of them shows like four girls walking down a cobblestone road, holding like just having a good time, holding some shopping bags. They just yeah. went on a shopping spree and things are awesome. They're girls. And, and, and they've got and they've got things that you would assume more more for like young adult women so bras and panties and that type of stuff on top of their regular clothes so you can immediately read that and go okay this is about young girls becoming women like it's about them growing up it's about the pressures of them growing up of buying a bra and all this girls in the world girls in the world like girls coming of age, and then if you look at the poster that Netflix released, it looks yeah, like it, uh, it looks it looks like a no, and not only that doesn't even look like a movie. It looks like a TLC special, right? Yeah. Of like you know whatever, like Honey Boo Boo, those types of people, where it's like, yeah. uh oh, this is like a dance competition where people are exploiting young girls. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super weird, um, but also very Netflix. If they're yeah, if I can, is. which is you know. The the poster on the left looks like a movie poster. Yes, the Netflix absolutely. on the right looks like, looks a, like a Netflix thumbnail. Like it, yes. that's just how it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so not long after Netflix tweeted the poster, including descriptions of the movie as eleven year old Amy becoming fat quote fascinating with a twerking dance crew end quote tweets sprang up calling Netflix to take the poster down. Those tweets then snowballed into a few different change.org campaigns decrying Netflix's decision to carry the film, garnering tens of thousands of signatures. Within a couple of days, Netflix had removed the poster and used different artwork for the film on its platform. Quote, we're deeply sorry for the inappropriate artwork that we used for cuties. Uh, and quote, a statement posted to Netflix account on August 20th read, quote, it was not okay, nor is it representative of this French film, which won an award at Sundance, end quote. A statement and removal of the poster didn't clear everything up. By September 3rd, a Turkish media group watch, a Turkish media watch group demanded the film be banned from Netflix in Turkey over concerns that the movie promoted child exploitation, Reuters reported. Several high-profile conservative commentators picked up on the story, too. They started tweeting about Netflix, quote, grooming, unquote, children, and argue and arguing that it's pedophilia soft, cor- soft porn. Former NRA spokesperson Dana Loesch, who appeared in one of the God's Not Dead movies, oddly enough, <laughs> demanded, demanded Netflix remove the film entirely. The accusations lobbied at lobbed at Netflix also found their way to Dokore, who told Deadline she received countless death threats. Quote, I received numerous attacks on my character from people who had not seen the film, who thought I was actually making a film that was apologetic about hypersexualization of children, and quote, Dokore said. Dokore received some support from celebrities and high-profile Twitter users alike, including Tessa Thompson, who noted she was disappointed by Netflix's marketing campaign. Thompson added she was under she understood people's response to the post, quote, but it doesn't speak to the film I saw, end quote. Again, much of the complaints at the time were coming from people who hadn't seen the movie, while defenses came in from people who had. As Rolling Stone's critic wrote in his review of the his review of the film quote out of context the girl's outfits looks questionably fat flashy and trashy seen in context as the costumes for a hip-hop dance troupe competing for a grand prize you understand how they function in regards to a bigger picture message that dokere is trying to get across and quote netflix co-ceo ted sarandos sarandos whatever called dokere to personally apologize for the poster the team created she current she's currently working on another project for netflix and told deadline that despite the negatively associated 
Despite the negativity associated with the poster, she had many back and forth conversations with Netflix to avoid this happening in the future. What do you think so far? (sighs) It's because again, I understand how marketing works and marketing probably doesn't even really watch the film. Like it's not like marketing super invested in your project, right? Their job is to try to get more people, more people to look at it. So they were, someone was given a synopsis. They were given a couple of images and they were told to make a poster. And so they made a poster going like, yeah, okay, these kids are in dance outfits. That's I'm just going to make this, right? Like, I'm sure this is fine. And because of the world we live in today, it's not fine. And, you know, a lot of people made assumptions about the entire film and everyone involved in it on someone's bad poster. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I want you to keep reading. All right. Cool. A new wave of attacks. That's the next section, of course. The cancel Netflix trend picked up again on September 9th. That was two days ago alongside Cutie's release. But unlike the original controversy a few weeks prior, attacks online became far more aggressive and targeted. The fact that Cuties is streaming on Netflix, a big entertainment company with deep tech roots that's perceived as liberal, also plays into this equation. And here we go. Tech companies with liberal-leaning policies have found themselves at the center of anger and discourse from right-wing and conservative groups. Netflix decided to carry an evocative film of this nature easily lends itself to those critics. Posts went around Twitter and Instagram tagging critics who reviewed the film positively, calling them out as promoting dangerous material. But it was also a way to mobilize harassment against those writers. Conservative provocateurs like Steven Crowder and conspiracy theorists like Alex Jones, there he is, dedicated videos to calling out the leftist media that praised cuties. Writers and personalities from conservative publications like The Daily Caller and Breitbart also criticized the film's content. Actress Evan Rachel Wood posted a series of Instagram stories about the film's use of child exploitation. Republican Senator Josh Howley commented that Netflix might might quote like to come talk this over before congress end quote retweeting a daily daily caller columnist senator ted cruz oh everybody's coming out for this one called netflix carrying the film deeply disturbing on rotten tomatoes the film was review bombed with plenty of audience reviews calling the film sick and twisted if you're interested in what that looks like now the critical score is at an 88 percent with 34 reviews the user score is at 3% with wow. 1,047 reviews. Wow. All right. Yeah, that's what review bombing will do. Unfortunately, a marketing attempt to promote a coming-of-age movie took on a life of its own beyond Netflix and Docare as conspiracy theorists about deep-rooted pedophilia rings in Hollywood, a popular theory within QAnon circles, grabbed hold of the story. Supporters of QAnon, a group that believes Hollywood is controlled by a cabal of pedophiles, seized on the backlash. Tweets littered with hashtags like, quote, like hashtag save the children, known for its connection to the group, started po- started populating. And soon it was a perfect storm of anger centered on cuties that had nothing to do with the film itself. Not all of the criticism came from people who openly support QAnon, but the backlash makes cuties an easy target for QAnon supporters to spread conspiracy theories. The focus has shifted away from the actual movie, including its purpose and contextual uses of certain scenes because of the resurgent backlash. But as a critic wrote in his Rolling Stones review, cuties is not, quote, a salacious bit of pedo bait designed to appeal to baser instincts rather than better angels, end quote. 
All right, we're we're about to hit the last section. So, any thoughts so far? Because this I, got now to... you have the criticism. Well, no, I, the, the next part is not necessarily the criticism. It's... No, no, I said now you have the criticism. Okay, so now that you're... I have the criticism. So again, like the criticism is basically, it's it's the same old very easy drum to bang about pedophilia is bad and exploiting children is bad, right? Like it's why can't you think of the children? Someone please think of the children. Yep, and. Again, like it's again, it's like someone not looking at the content of what's being made and people being uncomfortable, maybe about their own shame and problems. And they're not they're not able to look at something and then look deeper into it. They look at something it makes them feel uncomfortable and then they immediately use it for whatever their argument already is. And they use it to bolster that argument because that's basically what this is of. Oh, well, this is a good thing that we can say. This is the left wing media or oh, see QAnon. This is Hollywood. See, Hollywood wants to make these type. They're trying to tell you something like it's just it sucks because it's just literally people who don't even care about again who haven't watched the film, who don't care about the film and who don't care about the exploitation of children. Really? Yeah. Like they don't care. It's just something very easy to immediately go see people. This is what happens if you let the left take over. They start making movies like this. They started taking our young girls and exploiting them. This and validates this validates yeah. the the pedophilia thing because obviously because Netflix is a liberal company. Yeah. This is a they're in San Francisco. You you know what they do in San Francisco, right? It's like Jesus, like really, like that's what the but that's the world we live in. So, yeah. but yeah, I would say that those are my general thoughts right now. Even most recently, this is like as of two hours ago of recording this Tulsi Gabbard even posted about this too and jumped on the same bandwagon saying Netflix child porn cuties will certainly whet the appetite of pedophiles and help fuel the child sex trafficking trade one in four victims of trafficking are children it happened to my friend's 13 year old daughter Netflix you are now complicit hashtag cancel Netflix like this is that's now, messed I'm, up I'm gonna, I, now, I'm gonna ask you a question that you can't answer do you think do you think that this actually makes more pedophiles? That people seeing imagery like this turns them into pedophiles? I don't believe that at all. No, no, I don't. I be- again, I believe that people who are pedophiles are extremely. There's something you know. There's something psychologically wrong with them. Yeah, where yeah. they're only able to see attraction or relationships through a child's eyes, really. Right. Yeah. Like it's sort of this very weird. And again, it's hard for me to explain because I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> like I, I'm not attracted yeah. to, like, but it's right. But again, that, I don't, that's, and that's and that's the best way to understand it, right? Because the you could you could liken it to any of the things, right? Like I can say myself, it's the way that I look at a child. I don't have that thought. I don't. I'm yes. like, that's a child. Whereas someone would look at it and be like, "Oh, that's someone I'm attracted to." The fact yes. that we can't comprehend that as people who would be, I guess normal in that regard i suppose yeah consistent with the structural norms and the rational <laughs> confines but, I, but, but I guess the point is I, i'm not gonna look at this film or this poster and then get the idea that you know what maybe this isn't so bad i feel like yeah. that's kind of already that's already decided whether you see this or not right absolutely like you already sort of have that mental decision by the time you become an adult of either this bothers you and it or it doesn't and so I don't believe that seeing this is going to make people who at once would have not thought about this and go, well, huh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should go find some young women to abduct and, and you know, and, and extort. Maybe I should extort my own daughter. I don't believe that's what happens, which is some of the real intellectual dishonesty of all of this. 
Yeah, plus you don't even know what the movie's about. Like even after yeah, that's reading- the thing. Like I'm just I'm basically reviewing it's it's literally the definition of reviewing a book by its cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's like watch the thing. Netflix said some yeah. shitty marketing and just look at all sides well, of the It's not even it's just lazy marketing is what it is. Netflix has so much content that they acquire. It's just lazy. It's someone making that big giant thumbnail for you to flip through. So it's not even it's why just like hey, they change it. You have you have a French film. Like why don't you just release the thing in French? Like is it even like the name itself is is part of the problem to an American audience where oh, maybe if this was in yeah. Because yeah. that's that's and that's where the biggest offense comes in is like you literally labeled it in the in the uh so the French translation translates to cute. That's what I that's yeah. what I have put it into uh Google Translate. But when you actually have cuties plastered over a bunch of these girls that are dressed up to look like, you know, a hot dance troupe, for lack of a better term, right? Yeah. Like then people are like, oh, this is exploitation, this is gross. And yeah. on the surface, you're right. <laughs> I can't disagree with what you're talking about in regard to Netflix's marketing, not in regards to the movie itself, because I haven't seen the movie. And from what I understand, it's apparently a good movie. Does that mean like the 83% of reviewers that gave it a good review on Rotten Tomatoes are pedophiles? According to QAnon, yeah, I guess they are. Because they're all part of the Hollywood elite. Exactly. Exactly. That's definitely what's going on, because if you just looked at something with this kind of goes back to the whole critical thinking things that we we're talking about previously, which is like, just look at this for more than a minute, like look at the other sides of it, not just on this surface level, because this is and the funny thing is that people really pushing this seemingly pushing the cancel culture, um, cancel Netflix thing are the same people who are can't or anti-cancel culture for everything on the left like they're the ones who would be on my side when i was talking about um the cha-cha matcha thing it's like oh what the guy can't vote for who he wants absolutely (laughs) you know it's just complete hypocrisy it's just like oh this plays into your team now got it and that's what i mean like it's not actually anyone who's looking at content and imagery and going okay this makes me uncomfortable because i don't like seeing this i don't like seeing young women who look like they're not dressed for their age and instead of being able to see that and then either say you know what i'm interested because it makes me feel uncomfortable and i want to watch something that maybe i'm going to learn something from or hey look i don't really have any interest of this because just the image kind of put me off already right like i think those are two perfectly reasonable responses to this What's not reasonable is, you know, making a conspiracy theory of, see, this is Hollywood's full of pedophiles. See, this is a perfect example of it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like if they marketed, um, you ever see Little Miss Sunshine? Yes. Yeah. It'd be like if they just marketed that movie based on the, based on the super freak dance scene at the end. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> be the exact same thing, but that's a great movie. And that's uh, that's a small part of it. So who knows what this movie is? Apparently, it's pretty it's, good. But, but you know what's also very interesting to me is that, you know, there's a lot of coming of age movies for young boys, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, Super Bad, right? Yep. And the, there was one that just came out recently that was another Steph Rogen thing um, oh, with a bunch of like teenage good boys, you know, whatever it's called, right? I mean, those are kind of the similar thing where it's young boys coming of age. But again, because it's not this poster that's in this heavily sexualized way, or if it is, it's in a way that's not necessarily seen as the boys themselves being sexualized, right? 
like maybe they're looking at something or maybe there's something around them, but themselves aren't, you know, in, you know, short shorts and stuff like that. But and that's what I mean. Like it's literally looking at a book and saying this book is awful because of the cover. And that's where Netflix really messes up because they shouldn't be, you know, if you're just going to slap a poster together, you should really make sure that the director of the movie who you've bought is in with the actual poster of it itself, which it doesn't seem like either. It seems like they just kind of make this stuff. Netflix does this in general. And the, the director is like, well, wait a minute, you turned my movie into something else. That's not what this is about at all. And you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on. So net the actual response, the support so to speak. Uh, So finish out the article alongside all the criticism and backlash that led to cancel Netflix trending. There's also been a a show of support for Docare and cuties. Several film critics have tweeted positively about the movie and the director alongside their own published reviews. Their words echo the message that Docare worked to the work to show in her film, giving the audience a chance to experience what it's like to, to become a little to quote, become a little 11 year old girl in today's society and not judge her and quote, as she told the, as she told film site shadow and act Netflix also issued a statement decrying the criticism and supporting Dokare's film quote, cuties is a social commentary against the sexualization of young children and quote, a Netflix spokesperson told the verge quote, it's an award-winning film and a powerful story about the pressure young girls face on social media and from, so and from society more generally growing up and we encourage anyone who cares about these important issues to watch the movie and quote. It's kind of all you really need to say right there. But Cutie's message can get lost in the sea of backlash, online rage, and conspiracy theories that have found themselves attached to the film. But Dokare wanted to tell a story that was close to her own life. In interviews she's given, she expressed hope that people will watch the movie before they make a decision about whether they think it's good or bad. Quote, my one message would be that childhood is precious and we all have to protect our children. And quote, she told Shadow and Act, quote, we all have to come together to figure out what is best for our children so that we can give a beautiful space to our children to grow up safely and peacefully so that they can have the freedom to choose who they want to become and the best version of themselves. And quote, sounds like a pedophile to me. Yeah, huh? that's very interesting. I did not know about that story. Um yeah. Again, I haven't seen the film. I don't necessarily know if I if the, the the content doesn't really intrigue me anyways. But yeah, I wonder if whether or not more people will watch this. Or again, because a lot of stuff that you're going to hear now over the next what sixty days, less than that, less forty days, fifty days, are going to be using things that come out and trying to use them as and see this is why you shouldn't vote for these people. Exactly. <laughs> like and that's then, and honestly, thing. those are the tweets because somehow with everything I just told you, yeah, the. The thing that they're coming out as well. No one on the left is coming out to decry in this. Yep. No one on the left is talking this down. It's like, um, that's not what it's about. It's like, but yesterday it seemed like everything I saw was almost universally negative about this thing. And then it was today that I, that I saw the follow up again, where it's like Netflix responds. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I looked a little bit deeper and I was like, oh, okay. This seems just like a, coming of age movie i don't know maybe i will watch it just out of curiosity so i could be like so then at the end of it i could say oh fuck this is this is pro pedophiles damn but again this is why everyone having a voice is not a good thing i i really strongly believe that because i mean there's things like journalistic integrity and you know finding your sources and being familiar with the content before you make a comment 
right? Like those are the principles of journalism, right? Journalism is to inform the public. That's your job as a journalist. You do investigative reporting or you just, you get sources and you actually learn how to make sure that what's real and what's fake. And then you report that. We've removed that barrier from, from news and content. And now no one knows what's real and what's not. No one knows what should you be mad about, what shouldn't you be mad about. Instead, people just, they literally go, this makes me feel bad. I'm going to react to it. No one actually thinks or observes or does research to actually find out what am I looking at. And instead, it's just an immediate visceral reaction of either good or bad. And that's it. And that's why, so, I mean, that's why, like, this is why we're in this mess we're in is because social media has created, they've removed the need for sort of these people that I think we should have held in much higher regard because they actually were trained in being able to tell what's real and what's fake. And we've got rid of that. And we've actually blamed them now. We started to attack them. Oh, the media, the media is the problem. The media is the issue. Because mm-hmm. the media seems to think this movie's okay after they watched it. Yeah. Anybody who likes to watch the movie seems to think yes. it's okay. It's the public who seems to have this very visceral, emotional, first sight glance reaction to it. Yeah. And that's the problem is like you can't you can't just break down the like everything has to be so digging your heels in to the point where it's always attack and it's never like, all right, we'll just take it. How about we take this piece by piece? Because if you take a piece by piece, you can say, hey, that yeah, that marketing's questionable. They probably shouldn't be that. That was a bad move. It's a, it's a lazy poster, one, but two, it, you're right. It kind of, it does paint these things in kind of a weird light. And the bigger offense, it doesn't actually tell you what the movie's about. And two, yeah, uh, the movie's probably okay and is not doing the things that you're saying it's doing. So let's all relax, watch the movie. And then if you find out that, because you're probably it paying is. for Netflix anyway, before you cancel, one, if you cancel, you're going to have to pay for the rest of the month anyway. You don't just stop getting the service. So cancel, make your statement, then watch the movie. And then, uncancel if you think yeah you know actually i was wrong or, or read a review. It, and then people will just watch it just read a review that tells you what the movie's about or go to the or go to wikipedia and read the plot synopsis you don't have to be subscribed to netflix to do that and then tell you exactly what the movie is and then if it says at any point yeah then it and then it hypes up that pedophilia is a good thing and then you're like oh okay so what does this mean you can't tell a, a story about 11 year old girls like i don't understand yeah, like are this is that off limits? Like what yeah. is on and what is off the Flor- limits? What the is, Florida yeah. project. The Florida project is now pro pedophilia. They might not dress like that, but they are still running around in Disney World. So And I think the thing that upsets me the most, and I mean a lot of this comes as well, like listening to sports, right? About people being real upset about the NBA athletes, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter, right? So they look at LeBron and go, Well, LeBron wants to tell me that Black Lives Matter, but he didn't say anything about China, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And the thing is like I didn't know so many people were so interested in the well-being of of this group of people in China. I didn't since when since when are, since when is everyone extremely interested in you know the social causes in China in the People's Republic of China? You weren't interested until you used it against LeBron James for why he believes to support something else. Yeah. It's like, well, what about this? What about that? Well, what about that? And it's like that's not that's a giant part of this problem is that people don't actually care about child sex trafficking. And pedophilia, they don't care. Yeah, how much charity? Frankly, how much charity have you given to those causes? How much charity? How many things have you been to to actually like try to stop this? Like, what have you done? What effort have you actually put in to really solve the actual issue? It's very similar to like the abortion issue, right? Where it's like, oh well, abortion. You know, I, I'm steadfast against abortion. You know, it's killing a child. 
But then when that child gets born, whatever. Yeah. Right? Don't and it's help. like, well, Don't someone's telling care. you, hey, I'm not able to actually do this, and I want to make this decision before it does affect my life and the life of this eventual child. And no, 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 you can't do that. It's against the law. And then when the kid's born, oh, well, I don't know. I don't Because they don't care. They don't actually care about your well-being. They don't care about your kid's well-being. They don't care about child pedophilia. They don't care. And so this is just used as a talking point to attack just another side. care about their sides, yeah. Exactly. Yes, they care about their sides. They care about their sports teams. They care about the things that they want to support. So that's the, that's the real shame in it because you're going to end up having a lot of people afraid to make content, which is what I – this is the part of cancel culture I don't like because I think content in media is supposed to make you feel – and sometimes that feeling's not always good. And sometimes that feeling is really uncomfortable. And that goes for everything, right? It's real uncomfortable because it's talking about, you know, it's talking about issues that you're not, it's talking about women that you're not comfortable with. Like, oh, I don't know anything about this. This makes me uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't actually watch it. And again, there's obviously a line there. But again, like making, taking those risks on in content is what makes content interesting. It's walking these fine lines to tell a story, to inform and it seems like if you do that now, it's it could cost you your entire career. I'm going to maybe maybe it's just time. we. I mean, these guys could also be posting about any horror movie poster being like this. This poster promotes murder. Murder is illegal. Yeah, there's a knife. There's a knife with blood on it. Yep. That guy's got a gun. That guy, you, you shouldn't be shooting people with that gun. It's illegal. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's just it's it just sucks that we've turned society into there's two teams. And, and then this fringe, this fringe thing that's lending influence, because this is the thing I wanted to talk about a couple of weeks ago, which was about the the woman who's going to be in Congress, basically like she will she will win. She only won a primary, but she will win um, because it's just a red it's a red uh, um, district and there will be a QAnon supporter. So she is watching this very closely. <laughs> and my bet is if she hasn't tweet, I bet you she tweeted about this. Let me see if I can find the name of this. One. Probably. Let's see. So QAnon. Yeah, I, I just I just hate how how stupid people are. Yeah, like Marjorie again, I really believe Taylor. that I really believe that I could I could really if I really had the time right, and if I really wanted to cause some damage, I could start an internet rumor that I could make true if I believed it enough. If I believed to push this through, I really believe you can get people to believe in anything, yeah. and that's a pretty dangerous precedent because you don't have the people who can fact check and can actually tell you. No, this is this is fake. You shouldn't believe in this. We've removed those barriers and it's it's showing. Like it's showing why this why we're in such a mess. And it's not just an America problem, this is an everywhere problem. All right. Well, this this woman did not actually tweet about this. Look at that. Look at that. Maybe All she right. knew it was maybe she watched the movie and liked it. <laughs> yeah, maybe she just can't admit it. She's like, damn, what do I do? Like, now? I really like that movie, and now I can't talk about it. I was gonna try to be in the spot. I was going to try to be in this woman's next movie. Can't talk bad about it. Who knows what my post-political career is going to be like when they find out I'm just talking shit to appeal to a bunch of lunatics that don't believe anything. Then what happens? Anyway. All right. We don't need to talk. You want to talk briefly about the Nobel Prize thing or no? No. Next week. Great. Then enough of that shit. Let's move on to some media therapy. Speaking of movies, uh, what do you got? Nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I, I went back to work this week so there's no content is not being consumed at a rapid rate anymore so yeah i haven't done anything I haven't seen anything i've done anything will you be taking the train at some point then to work yes i hope so 
All right. That means a lot more switch time. It's beautiful. Yeah. Time. That means more games and more content consumption. Um, where now I'm still working from home. So I roll out of bed and go to the gym first, but then I come back and sit at my desk in my garage and then go back upstairs. <laughs> so All right, fair enough. Now I told Greg, I would, I would use this suggestion. Um, so we'll, we'll play the game. Who's older. Fandy Newton or Paul Giamatti. Wow, I haven't heard the name Fandy Newton in years. <laughs> I didn't either until uh, Greg brought it up, and I was just wow. like, "All right, all right, man." I'm I, gonna I, assume just because I haven't heard Fandy Newton's name in a long time. Um, I'm gonna assume because again, I, I know she is. I just I haven't heard that name. I'm gonna assume that she's older than Paul Giamatti. Wow, if you had right. to make an assumption, I'm gonna assume that she is between three and six months older than him that she's very close to his age but just a tad bit older well you're very rude because thandy newton is actually uh, five years younger wow and she was 47 years old i guess the name thandy makes you think of an older person it uh, it sure does (laughs) do we still make thandies no did we ever it's a very i guess that's a very very african that's a very sort of south african name i believe so, oh, um, sorry, six six years younger. I always forget about Paul Giamatti. Six years younger. Okay. Because look, Christ, I mean, I know that she's in this guy and Thandie Newton. Just look at you. Just look at their headshots on Google. It's just, it's frightening, Paul. Goddamn, Paul. And again, I I know she's in Westworld, right? Like that's the show that I believe she's most famous for now. But I don't think of her from Westworld. I actually think of her from Mission Impossible. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. She was in Mission Impossible too. Yeah. That piece of shit. Oh, Man. God. God damn it. That would be like the best action series yeah. of all time if it wasn't. Yeah, because what else was she in? She was in something where she actually won an award. <sighs> what was she in? Crash. Yes, that's it. She was in Crash. I remember that. Yes. Well, so, yeah. Like, I remember her like from random things. It wasn't Norbit. She was in that too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She she's, she's the one that basically gets assaulted by the police officer, I believe. In Norbit? No, in, in Crash, I believe it's her in Crash, because yeah, again, have you watched Crash? Like, no, like more it. than once. People say it's not a good movie. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing because I think at the time it was like everyone's like, "Oh, this movie's really great. It's really powerful." I kind of yeah, want to watch uh, it again because I don't think it holds up. No, it won it won movie of the year, but that it, but people are like, "Yeah, that was probably the least deserving movie." Yeah, people don't like it in retrospect. From I remember what I, liking it when I watched it, but I was also. 19 so i wonder how good it is now you're probably like oh my god it's so powerful and then you watch it as a yeah because you're 19 and you're just like oh yeah these these topics are powerful topics you watch now and you're like well this is stupid yeah it's like i I hate this um yeah apparently it's bad so uh yeah there you go greg got you good work greg you did Um, give me yeah yeah, i I would have thought she was in her 50s that's a great one yeah that's that's probably the best one so far that i i mean i don't think i'm normally that far off no, you've you've haven't been that far off, and uh, no, because I was like, man, they're not even close. I don't know. Um, so from what I'm, well, I'm watching, still watching the playoffs. I watched the, uh, still watching the NHL playoffs. The uh, Islanders just won today, so they just cut the Tampa lead in half to two one. Do you think? I know I told you I was telling you about the games as I was watching it. Is it worse to lose a game in the last seven seconds or to just get a blowout? Because the Islanders took both of those. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're both bad, but First getting blown out's a little eight two. Getting, getting blown out's not as exhausting, 
right? Like, because when you know you're getting blown out, eventually you're just kind of like, all right, look, guys, we know we're going to lose. Let's just play the next period and try to and try to get build momentum for the next game, right? Yeah, let's just not get hurt. <laughs> yeah, just not get hurt. Let's just build momentum for the next game. So we're so we're good. Losing when you think that you've got a really good chance of winning is is like draining. So yeah, I would say losing in seven seconds is worse. Yeah. All right. Well, I yeah, I, I don't know. I I gotta say I've I've been in both of those situations firsthand, and they're both not great. The blowout is like rip the bandaid off. The the other one is just like uh man 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 it's just like a backbreaker it's like damn we couldn't hang in there for seven seconds i'd take the blowout personally you get to you now, get to sit with it longer real quick question while we're talking about sports do you know anything about tennis about what happened in the u.s open oh yeah that that dude like hit the ref <laughs> so 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 novak djokovic who i believe is probably he's if he's not the top rated tennis one. player is he? Okay, he is ranked number one so like again he floats he's floated between one two and three the last decade between Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal, right? Like he's the third guy. And so apparently, right, something happened where he lost a point and he sort of very blindly takes the tennis ball and sort of hits it behind him, right? When he hits it behind him, it hits this woman in the throat, right? So it's the line judge. She's got this mask on, right, because COVID. And she gets hit in the throat. And I must say, watching her on the ground – felt like a lot of acting like now again don't don't take me wrong i'm sure it hurts awesome, right i'm awesome sure getting hit in the throat hurts you get an opportunity you're gonna take it the way she rolled around on the ground you would have thought she was shot and he actually ended up losing the match because of that because i believe if you hit a line to judge with the ball it's an instant disqualification yeah yeah so yeah that was just interesting to watch because she i want to see i'm gonna watch the video now because i haven't like she and again, look, I, I don't doubt that it hurts. Like, don't get me wrong. Getting hit in the throat when you're not expecting it as well. I'm sure it's no fun. But you would have thought she got shot. Yeah, I I can't watch a video and somehow I think I'm watching some uh, Chinese. Yep, there's a Chinese broadcast on YouTube. Great. <laughs> I just want to see the video. It's hard. It's hard to find videos. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at ESPN and it says the fight breaks out after Islanders empty net goal. So look at that tensions running high between the Islanders and the lightning. <laughs> They've been pretty tame, but today, yeah, there was a, there was a fight after one of the goals in the, the empty net goal. So no, I didn't see that because we started recording during the, before the second, third period started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. oh wow. Look at that slash. Oh wow. He slashed the heck out of him. Yeah. That would have started a fight. Absolutely. Cause that dude is about to score on the empty net and the dude from Tampa Bay basically takes a two handed, you know, big swing chip uh, shot. Like a tom- a tomahawk swing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's oh, sitting there, no. he's hooking him, he's hooking him and there goes. So he ref's got his arm up for the penalty and then the guy slashes him and then he hits him after he scores and then the fight happens. <laughs> so yeah. as, as you do. Yeah. Okay, so I just watched this video. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. You don't see the impact, but you see her on the ground, like, head moving back and forth. It didn't look like he hit it that hard, though. No, but again, I'm sure, again, he's a professional tennis player who serves at 140 kilometers. Like, he serves at very it wasn't 140 a serve, miles it was an just hour. like a little, like... No, but uh, I'm just saying, though, like, the fact that he can serve at 140 miles an hour, that he can hit a ball that fast, I'm sure that even a little flick of the wrist has a bit of heat on it. But... I'm sure that there's also a bit of acting going on. She didn't get hit with a 90 mile power fastball, right? Like she got tapped with a tennis ball that's got mostly air in it. <laughs> so, 
Is that you think that's worth disqualification? Like, the do you think that I mean you can't hit a judge with the crime? Well, I guess here's the question, right? Like, if you intentionally hit a ref with a hockey puck, is that is that an instant disqualification in the NHL? He didn't even see the ref. So that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, if you, I mean, I don't think in any other sport, I don't think in any other sport you get disqualified for that. Like, if you accident, like if you sort of no look pass a basketball to a ref and it hits him in the face, or a football to a hockey, refs get crushed all the time because they're literally in a hard way. And I, by the way, I've never seen worse refs in pro in professional uh, sports than I've seen in the playoffs. I've never seen them more in the way than I've seen them here. Like it, there are times where I'm like, are these guys just like the Chelsea Pierce refs? Like what's going on here? They just don't, <laughs> it's like, get out of the way, get out of the way. You, you are literally in the way. Um, but that's the thing. Like you're putting yourself in harm's way. Like, you know, the risk, you yeah. know, what's going down. And the fact that she wasn't really paying attention is kind of a problem. Like, I feel like if you're on a tennis court, you should always be paying attention. But I, yeah, well, why would you expect that to happen? It was like a one in a million shot. Yeah, it was. You know? It was a great shot. Like, I mean, was, I don't think he could do that again. I mean, I wonder if whether or not he could place that again if he tried. No I way. Wonder. Especially blind? There's no again, way. I don't know. These guys are really, like, you don't underestimate the talent of a guy who spent probably since he was nine hitting a tennis ball. Right. So by so he'd have to know that, okay, she is at my, what is that, like seven o'clock? She's at seven o'clock, and I'm at this angle, and I got to nail it right in the throat. <laughs> like, right 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 below the chin there that, that is a very like that is literally a tennis ball sized target that you need to hit that's really yeah. difficult that's really difficult yeah, it is it's super difficult professional, <laughs> professional basketball players miss three pointers okay because what what was uh stefan curry like what was his three-point percentage it's like 60%, which is like the best 60%. So that means, yeah, exactly. So that means 40% still miss. All right. And he was the best at that. So if I'm asking you to like, if you're, if you're asking this guy to like, start like sniping cans and he could see them, you think he's going to hit a hundred percent. And now you're telling me to hit this. I, you, know, you know what? Though, but I don't, that's difficult, but I, but no I don't know. I don't know that if I've lined up a hundred cans across a fence and I told no, uh, Novak Djokovic to try to hit all of them down. I actually think he'd hit about ninety percent of them. You think so? 90%. I really do. I, okay, I think well, Serena Williams well, would hit ninety percent. Again, I don't. I think it's just it's uh, the amount of uh, the amount of control that they have to hit a tennis ball is pretty remarkable. Like it's it's something that I don't think me and you can fathom. I mean, hell, like think about how how well you can place a hockey puck, right? And imagine NH and imagine NHL players doing that like ten times better than us. Yeah, I feel pretty confident about being able to place a hockey puck, and I'm not a professional player. So imagine if I had the skills of a professional player in the practice time of a professional player, then yeah, I believe I probably could. Yeah, I don't know. It, it still it seems pretty challenging, especially when you're just blind, not even paying it does. attention. It does. It's it stupid. Does. It shouldn't have happened. But shouldn't look, have done hey, it. And I think that's the point. Tennis is that gentleman's game where you're not supposed to. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't put a rule in that if you break your golf club, you don't get you know kicked out of a match, or you break your tennis racket, you don't kick, get kicked out of a match. And that's honestly, when you're like when he's walking off the court, he's like, oh, I I don't have to play tennis anymore for like. <laughs> the rest yeah, he's got like good. I'm done. All right, cool. <laughs> great, great. I'll see you later. I'm gonna go back to my mansion. <laughs> well, it's real funny because he's had a real rough couple of months because he was also an anti vaxxer who caught COVID. <laughs> Because <laughs> he was oh, like, well, this, this is guy, all fake. Man, you know what? Get the fuck out of there. Go, go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was on. Oh. He was on Twitter talking about like, uh, you know, don't believe what they tell you about the virus. I'm sure it's fine. And then the next day, he's. I like, bet he's tweeting about cuties. No, he's not. He's not. He hasn't tweeted about cuties yet. 
Not yet. <laughs> so he, he's got time. He's though, maybe. Netflix. Yeah, he's, he, well, he probably watched it at this point. You know, he's got time now. He can watch Netflix. Yeah. Doesn't have to play. Um, in my, so I'm playing a bunch of games still. I actually finished a bunch of games. So I platinumed Ghost of Tsushima. That's finished. That's done. I finished Paper Mario, The Origami King. That was a fun romp. And I uh, and I finished, I started and finished and basically 100%ed New Super Lucky's Tale on uh, Xbox, which is basically like a platformer that was ripped right out of the uh, the early 2000s. And it was, it was fun. It was very solid. It's basically the third crack they've had at this game, and they did a pretty good job. I enjoyed it. So now I've been playing uh, Paradise Killer on Switch. And this game is a fascinating, fascinating game. Uh, I don't. As far as how I would recommend it or how I would describe it, the game is good on Switch. It's okay from a technical standpoint. There's some issues, but as a. as an experience, I'm getting so many vibes from like a Suda 51 Killer 7 uh, game. You've Have you ever played Killer 7 or no, no. or No More Heroes? Uh, yes, I have played No More Heroes. Okay, same guy. Um, he did some other weird shit where there's no fucking way you've played the game Flower, Sun, and Rain. I never played it either. Uh, but it's something like, if I was to describe it, it's like an open world. This game is like an open world Danganronpa with... Sh- with um, with the same kind of lore building that a killer seven would have like a suit of 51 game would have with like these really obtuse themes and characters. And it's almost like everybody's talking in riddles the whole time because they're so ingrained in this world that at first will make zero sense to you, but it's starting to come together and it's very cool. And it also has exploration elements. I've seen people draw parallels to breath of the wild because the direction is always like, you always know where you need to go but you're often going to find yourself freely discovering those things. It's not a linear path. So it's, it's cool to just be roaming around the corner and finding, finding these blood crystals as they are, which are the currencies or finding new artifacts to tell you more about this Island. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm enjoying it. I'm into it. The The soundtrack is phenomenal. Like it is so good. Like, but you, you could hear that saxophone solo, you know, a hundred times and it would never get old. It's great. It's great. So I uh, so I'm playing that I'm trying to I, I'm trying to trying to get through it this week. Apparently, it's only like 15 hours, which is it's pretty good length. It feels long for a game like this, but um, it's cool. It's a lot of reading. It's basically an open world visual novel um, where you're exploring stuff and then you have a big trial at the end and then it's over. So we'll uh, so I'll report back on that as I play more. But Paradise Killer worth checking out. Honestly, the way to figure out if you're going to like it or not, watch the trailer. If that seems cool, you're going to like it. If it's not, then stay far away because it's basically that, but stretched out for a long period of time. Cool. Yeah. And if you haven't played Killer 7, there's rumors that it's going to be coming to Switch and maybe some other consoles. And it might be on PC already. But that is that game is an experience and one that I've only played through once on GameCube when it came out. And that um, and it sticks with me still to this day because it's so out there and weird, but cool as hell because of how weird it is. So that's it. That's my that's my media therapy contribution. So I got nothing else. So then uh, if we could wrap yeah, this thing up, you said you didn't want it to be two hours. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> Under two hours. Um, 
how did this podcast get so long? Oh, uh, you know, when you're on a roll, I think, you know, we were on a good pace in the cuties thing. I think the cuties thing definitely took us down a rabbit hole, but it sounded like you were into it and I was into it too. So it was uh, it's good recovery from uh, the first story, which was pretty rough. And the second story, which was good. And the third story, which is fantastic. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, you know, what you should do to f- go to go to um, Rotten Tomatoes. They, they're getting review bombed on the cuties thing. It sounds like it's a pretty good movie. If nothing else, try to neutralize the trolls and the QAnon uh, jerk offs and just be like, you know, just write a review, say a hundred percent. And in, in the content, just write, he's abroad.com. You don't even need to say anything else. Just write, he's abroad.com. And then that'll send them uh, to our site where you can, uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want. You can, uh, you should review us. Uh, I don't know if there's any reviews. Uh, last I checked, John doesn't owe anybody any money, but the deal still stands. If you review the podcast, John will send you a dollar. Uh, currency TBD, but he will send you a dollar. Um, so let's see, what do we got today? Any reviews? Let's take a look. He's abroad. He's abroad. Put it in on iTunes, iPod app. There's our beautiful drawn faces. Nope. No written views. Get to it, people. <laughs> Get to it. And until next time, this podcast is over.